Hello and welcome to the Freelance Dietitian Podcast. I'm your host, Julia Zakshevsky, and in this podcast, I'll teach you how to make money in the freelancing world as a registered dietitian nutritionist. You will learn how to apply your nutrition knowledge to create a flexible side income, to increase career fulfillment, and how to flip your mindset so that you can start living the life you've always dreamed of. Episode, I'm going to share with you places where you can start to find freelance work and hopefully start applying today or maybe by the end of the week. It's definitely the number one question I get asked because I spend quite a bit of time hyping up freelance work. Uh, people get excited and then it's like, okay, like enough with that. Like, tell me where I can start working. <laughs> so I totally get it. I'm going to share with you all of the details and the nitty gritty truths um, behind the different places where you can start applying for freelance work. And before we get into that, though, I did want to backtrack to last week's episode. I had put a call out towards the end of the episode asking listeners to send me a message and let me know their reasons why they were interested in freelance work. And I am so over the moon to say that I got three people that sent me their reasons. Thank you so much for participating. It just made my heart feel so full. And I think that you'll be very interested to see the reasons are so similar, which If I'm totally honest, I had a hunch they might be because I do think freelancing work attracts a very similar personality. Um, The way that you will, you know, pursue your freelance projects or what you pursue will be completely different. But that drive of how we all get there is very relatable, which I don't know about you, but I always find that so comforting. I think I'm quite an independent person, but there's always this like, it feels good when you're around other folks who have a similar mindset and just have similar values to you. So Without further ado, I'm going to read them out now. The first person who submitted to me wanted to remain anonymous, which is completely fine. They said that they wanted to be the boss. They didn't want to have a practice that revolved around one-on-one counseling, but they still wanted to be the boss of some kind of RD pursuit. Uh, They felt that within their current role, there was a serious lack of management opportunities and leadership opportunities. So that's why they're so interested in trying out freelance work. I think that is so relatable. Thank you so much for sharing that and being candid. There's definitely a deficit of leadership opportunities in the RD role. The next listener that submitted to me was Sarah, Sarah Kerr. She is the Kerminator on Instagram and Sarah is so cool and unique. She is an artist as well as a dietitian and her business really focuses on marrying those two concepts together. Sarah is also going to be a guest on the podcast in the new year, and I am so excited to start highlighting all the different roles that RDs are doing as a freelancer. Her reasons for pursuing freelance work is the flexibility in her schedule, the opportunity to be her own boss because she hates interviews. I love that. So true. The financial potential available through freelancing. She also gets to choose projects and learn new things. She's never bored. She has the creative freedom and creative liberty. She gets to carve her own career path. I love that. What a phenomenal leadership trait right there. And she loves being at home. If you don't follow Sarah already on Instagram, she's always posting really cute pics and videos of her pets. So I am sure that's one of the reasons she loves being at home. That's also something I can definitely relate to as well because I love being at home with my pup. The third listener who submitted is another Sarah. Her name is Sarah Smith. She is an inpatient clinical RD and she works at one of the most like bustling hospitals in Ontario. She's really interested in freelance work because she wants to use her creative skills that working in a clinical job just doesn't allow her to do. 
She also wants to be exposed and learn about the variety of roles um, that RD can do outside of just clinical. Like she's just starting to explore all the different ways she can use her credentials. She wants to let out her inner leader um, and dive into the entrepreneurial side of her personality. She really wants to be vulnerable and just see what she's capable of. Like, wow, like what another testament of a phenomenal leader. I can tell like there's so much similarity in both of these answers. She also wants to make some extra income and learn about maybe how a side hustle could become a full-time gig in the future. And her fifth reason is the quality of life and future planning. So is freelance work a realistic option long-term where she could pursue her passions and maybe work a little bit less, but still be compensated as if she were working a full-time job so that she would have more time to spend with family and kids and whatever else the future holds, right? That is so cool. I am so thrilled that three people responded. I hope that you as listeners found some of that relatable. I know that there was very consistent themes there and there's so many different reasons why we all end up choosing freelance work or at least dabbling in freelance work. It doesn't always have to be a full-time gig. I did promise that I would share my reasons why because everyone else was sharing. So I have to share too. That's only fair. And I think a lot of my core themes were already spoken for. So maybe I'll just fill in the gaps. I wanted to do freelance work, especially on the online space, because I do notice that people are obviously seeking more health information online and they're not always getting quality answers. So I wanted to put my voice out there and hope that even if I could help a handful of folks find credible nutrition information and just expand my reach as a clinician, that would be huge and extremely rewarding for me. I also love doing project work. I like variety in my day. I get bored if I'm too static. So that's why freelancing really appeals to me because I do have the freedom to to go any direction I want. So there you go. There's four RDs who submitted their reasons for pursuing freelancing. I think again, like I'm just blown away by the similarities in the responses. And I'm sure as listeners, you can relate to some of those and hopefully you feel inspired. So for today's episode, I'm going to dive into the places that are most common where you can find freelance work. I am sure there are other places and At the end of the day, based on the type of freelance service you're offering, you will find that different places will work better for you, right? And that makes sense because based on the type of client you're trying to attract, you need to be hanging out in that space online where they are typically hanging out as well. So that might be LinkedIn. For other places, it might be like Upwork, for example, which I'll dive into. So really knowing your client base and where they hang out is going to be critical for your success in achieving jobs as a freelancer. And just so we're on the same page here for the vocabulary, you know, you're a freelancer and then there will be clients who have jobs that you can apply to, that you can secure. So that really is the relationship. You're the freelancer and you work with your clients. I think a very natural trajectory for someone who's starting into their freelance career would be to use what's called the freelance marketplaces. And this is essentially an online hub where clients will post jobs and then you as a freelancer have an opportunity to secure that work. The most popular one is Fiverr, which I don't love. I'll be completely honest. I'm actually deleting my Fiverr account. So I honestly don't think it's worth your time to sign up, but you can try it if you want to. The second most popular is Upwork. And I do think if you have credentials, Upwork is certainly worth your time. I have gotten high paying clients on Upwork before. I've completed projects that are well over $1,500. 
um, that were within my nutrition scope. So don't write off Upwork. I know a lot of the times it doesn't produce a livable income. However, in terms of a side hustle, it's phenomenal. And all of this revenue does beef up your total amount that you earn for the entire year. So I think it is a great place to include in your business. In total, I earned about 10K from Upwork this year, which is pretty sweet. I am very quickly realizing that I think I need to make an episode just dedicated to Upwork because there's so much I want to tell you, but it's not going to fit into this episode. So I will do that in the future, I promise. And I will give you guys all the nitty gritty details. But for now, if you're considering a marketplace to start out with, I highly, highly recommend it. I've also tried some others like People Per Hour. There's another one called Freelancer. And those, sorry to be blunt, but those are straight up garbage. Like, please don't even waste your time. A second place to find freelance work that's really booming is LinkedIn. If you're not maximizing your LinkedIn profile, then I would say get on that. Do not sleep on LinkedIn. So many businesses that actually have an excellent like budget to hire freelancers are going to be on LinkedIn and you will make significantly more money than you would on any of the freelance marketplaces. A best way to, to find jobs there is to look at the job postings and also just reach out and make connections. And that really segues into the next point of where you can find freelance jobs, which is just good old networking and using your, your referral system. Reach out to people you know that might have a desire for a freelancer with your skill set. If people know that you're doing this kind of work, they're going to think of you. And then when they talk to somebody else who says, oh, I really need to get this project done or, oh, I could really use a dietitian for this consult. Um, you know, do you know anybody? Your name is going to be at the forefront of their mind. So don't underestimate how powerful your network is and how powerful word of mouth can be for securing jobs for your freelance business. It is a little bit intimidating to put yourself out there, but you just have to rip the bandaid off and just go for it because a lot of the jobs aren't going to be posted online. Like that's just the reality because it's just like, it's just a tried and tested, like a word of mouth referral from someone who you trust is always going to trump a stranger that's applying to your job online on the internet, right? Because you probably have, the client will probably have a project that's really important and near and dear to their heart. So they want to go with someone that's been vetted and tested by another peer that they can trust. Another place to find freelance work is going to be on the good old job boards like Indeed or even Monster. This is going to be maybe for longer term projects. Um, I think I see jobs. I think this is actually going to be more typical for jobs that are related to like digital content production or maybe even something related to website production. I know there are RDs who are moving into the website design space, which I think is so, so cool. So a lot of those types of jobs are posted on those job boards. Sometimes there's writing jobs. Um, sometimes there's graphic design jobs. Uh, so it always, like it never hurts, right? To check them out once a week in your schedule. You can just make a note like, okay, on this day for the next half hour, I'm going to be looking at the job boards to see if there's anything relevant to my field that I'm interested in applying for. Another place that you can find freelance jobs is on social media. I do find that certain wellness brands, especially the larger ones, are posting job opportunities in their stories. And and you just reach out. You just respond to the story. Say, hey, I'm a freelancer. The services you need are right up my alley. Uh, how can we get in touch to discuss this opportunity more? So I've done that a couple times and it was so easy. Someone on their team reaches out afterwards and kind of follows up through email or or whatever the best form of communication is. 
and you just discuss the details of the project. You learn specifically what they're after. You discuss the rates. You discuss the timeline because that's really important. And then you just decide if it's going to be a good fit. The best part about that is even if that project doesn't work, you've already made a connection. So in the future, when they have something else that comes up, you're going to be in the forefront of their mind again. So that's why it's so important to just reach out. And like I said, like that was really intimidating for me because I also was never huge on social media, but it is part of the business and putting your name out there, making connections with people like that's really where you do get these jobs that kind of fall into your lap, which is really the dream. Like I think the ultimate goal of freelancing is to get to a point where you're very well established. People know your name. You've established your connections, like I said, and then the referrals just come to you instead of you having to actively seek out jobs. Another way to possibly market yourself and maybe get some jobs would be to develop your own website. I do think this is very appealing when you start your business because it's like so exciting and such a fun thing to do. However, very rarely do people, especially when you're just starting, reach out to you through your website. Like that's just a reality until you've established yourself enough and like have enough connections. um, I don't necessarily think that you need to have a website within your first year of freelancing. I know I didn't set mine up until a couple months ago because it was just, it's an expense and it is very laborious to create a website. So you can consider if that's going to be something that you absolutely need, then go for it. The only way you're going to get clients though, is if your website is SEO optimized. So make sure that when someone Googles your service, they will find you on the first page of Google. And if you don't know what SEO optimization is, then definitely send me a message and we should chat because that's going to be huge in terms of marketing yourself in the online space. There's many RDs now who are jumping on this SEO train. Erica Jolson has an entire course dedicated to learning SEO as a dietitian to maximize that on your website. So all of these different areas are available to you. Like I said, the the most important thing is to find the place where your ideal client is hanging out and then make sure you're as available and as active in that space as possible. That's just logical. That just makes sense, right? A big shift in applying for freelance jobs compared to applying for dietetics jobs is that it's going to be business oriented. So they're going to, of course, appreciate that you're a dietitian, but they're going to ask you more about the hard skills that you can offer. I think it's so easy when we're all clinicians working in healthcare to differentiate ourselves. You know, like, okay, you're an occupational therapist, you're a physio, I'm a dietitian. Like we all have our roles. So you have to go deeper and really sell the exact service and skill that you can offer. So as a writer, I might say, I know how to translate scientific information into something that's a lot more easier, that is a lot easier to understand. I know how to create pieces that can show up in the front pages of Google, which will increase brand awareness. I know how to foster engagement. Like all of these things are so sellable and appealing and and it offers so much greater insight into what I do instead of only relying on my credentials and expecting them to hire me just because I'm a diet. One last thing before I sign off for today's episode is talking briefly about pitching, right? So so when you reach out to these clients, you find the job, you know, what the heck do you say? My advice is to keep it short and sweet because I guarantee you people are receiving pitches all hours of the day, every single day. So you need to make it memorable. You need to make it unique. Do not, for the love of God, copy and paste your pitches um, because it will sound inauthentic and just very obvious, like superficial but we want to go deeper than that. You want to prove to that company that you know their brand, that you've been following them for a while, and that you would be an asset to their to their team and to their content production. 
So you could say, hey, you know, my name is Julia. I'm a dietitian and I'm a freelance writer. I really love your brand's position on mental health and wellness. I actually write pieces explaining the roles of different nutrients and how they affect mood. If you have any opportunities, I'd love to discuss more how I could potentially support your brand and your business. So that might be it. And then I would leave the door open and say, you know, please let me know and be a good time to get in touch. I'll also include a link to my portfolio or some samples to show what I'm about. And that way the person has a good idea of my style of writing, my quality of writing, so that if they decide to reach out to me, they've already got a sense of my personality and what I offer. Okay, so that wraps up today's episode or this week's episode, I should say, all about where to find jobs as a freelancer. The number one thing I can say is don't underestimate the value of networking and be very confident in the skills that you can offer because I guarantee you there is someone out there who wants to pay you for your services. Too often that imposter syndrome can get in your brain and cause doubt when really you should be only feeling confident because dietitians are in hot demand and you have so many amazing skills that are going to be very valuable and extremely helpful for these companies and future clients that you work with. Okay, take care for now. And if anybody wants to submit their reasons why they're interested in freelancing so I can read them on next week's podcast, you're absolutely invited to do that. My Instagram is at freelance.dietitian and that would be the best place to send me your reasons why. Alrighty, have a great week. Bye.